0: Hello and welcome to The Writing Forge, where we discuss tips and tricks for honing your writing. I'm Bonnie. I'm Miranda. And we're your hosts. Let's, Let's get, get
1: into it. it. On today's episode of The Writing Forge, we're going to be diving into pacing. Uh, I know we've mentioned it in a lot of different episodes, but I think it is definitely worth digging into and really getting into like the heart of pacing, because... I think pacing literally drives the story forward. Quite literally, yes.
0: <laughs> um, when I'm talking with clients about pacing, I often put it into two categories. There's kind of macro level pacing and micro level pacing. And so maybe we can talk a bit about those two different things. Um, and so I, I define like the macro level pacing is things like plot development and, and character arc and things, the, the big picture things that are keeping you for moving forward, like from chapter to chapter or book section to book section or whatever. And then the micro level pacing is like your sentences. Are they paced properly to keep a reader's attention, not bore them, uh, keep them wanting to read your book?
1: Yeah, so for like an example, like we'll just take, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean is what's coming to mind right now. And so in the movie, Pirates of the Caribbean, macro level pacing would be like, um, oh hey, pirates attacked the port. And then, oh, hey, my not yet boyfriend got kidnapped mm-hmm. and I need to go rescue him. Oh, hey, I'm on a boat now. Um, oh, hey, we're, <laughs> we're on a deserted island. And so that would be like macro level pacing, whereas micro level pacing is like really getting down, I don't know, the scene to the, the scene at the jail is coming mm. to mind where Jack Sparrow's locked behind bars and his former comrades come up to him and they're like, well, well, well. If it isn't Jack Sparrow (laughs) and the the back and forth between those, how much exposition was let out in that tiny little scene Mm -hmm. and then them moving on. That would be an example of more micro level pacing is that small interaction. So
0: I was thinking I was going to start with macro level pacing, but everything in my brain right now is micro level. So I think maybe we all start. Maybe we can start there.
1: We'll work our way bigger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Start small.
1: small, Go bigger.
0: So like literally sentences. Um, I think one important thing for pacing is your sentence length. Like shorter sentences are going to push the reader forward more and longer sentences are going to give them time to breathe and think about what's going on. And you need them both. Like if your entire book is just short sentences, it's choppy choppy and your reader's going to get tired. Like that's One of the reasons for pacing is, like, yes, you want to pull them through, but you can't, I don't know, maybe you can. I think of the television show 24. I only watched one season of it, but it was, like, very uh, strong pacing. That's kind of why I stopped watching it, because I couldn't necessarily handle that amount of... Just the
1: constant drive. Yeah, exactly. Well, like... Like a like a thriller book mm. I've noticed like a lot of a lot of the thriller genre is really driven by the ticking clock. I think more so than other genres like it is just like man, they get probably about two places to rest in the whole book and they're usually full <laughs> of bullet holes like <laughs> and so um, I feel like they're just constantly moving constantly moving constantly being chased and yeah, at the end of a thriller book I'm usually tired. I, I personally can only handle, like, one every now and again. But another, like, a really great example of too many short sentences is I'm sure anybody who has read See, Spot, Run, just imagine <laughs> a novel, novel-length book of just, See, Spot, Run. Go over mm-hmm. here. And then he fell mm-hmm. down the hill. It's been a long time since I've read that book. I don't have kids. So... <laughs> um Yeah. And so that comes out super, super choppy. But also if every single sentence is just full of commas and pauses and breaks, but never actually a period. Uh, It just sounds like somebody who's talking like they've been on caffeine and they just keep going on and on and on like that one relative that just doesn't seem to know when to.
0: (laughs) So I guess we did kind of get macro already, but because some of the pacing will depend on your genre. Yes. And readers will expect there are readers who want thrillers for every book. And so it's fine to like writing thrillers is good. But if you're writing literary fiction, you probably need to slow it down a little bit, have more longer sentences,
1: be more introspective, the length of words, even if we're getting to Mm. a really micro level, like because you can choose to say something was quiet, something was silent, or Mm. I'm not thinking of a super fancy word off the top of my head, so maybe this was a bad direction to go. But like <laughs> quiet and silent have a little bit different feels. I mm-hmm. think they're probably connotation. connotation, different feels. But like the syllables themselves, like quiet oh. sounds very sounds very sharp, whereas silent it still ends on a T, but but it but because it starts with an S, it's in my brain a little softer. Softer. Yeah. And so and so even that can affect your pacing is word choice.
0: Another aspect of word choice that can affect your pacing is um, using more, I don't know, sometimes like I call them like denser words, but like instead of yes. she sat down on the bed, she plopped down on the bed, like those are two very different, like they're the same action, but they're very different. And yeah. those two, I guess, are actually, that makes the sentence slightly longer. But sometimes you can have a whole phrase where you're like, she's... No, I'm not going to use the bad example anymore, but anyway, you can uh, um, well, where you have like four or five words that you can replace with one word that conveys the same idea.
1: Uh, another example of like a dense word that I would say, uh, one of my favorite examples is, so defenestration, for those of you know, you're already <laughs> laughing. Um, like defenestration is, is, I call it a uh, SAT word. Yes. Like it's huge, it's long. Uh, it conveys emotion in a single sentence, or you could just say, you threw them out the window. And mm-hmm. so, um, but if you have too many... Uh, yeah, I'll that's just, a good
0: point. You don't want to have all dense words all the time. Yeah,
1: if you have too many SAT words, if you have too many halffalutin words, as my cousin <laughs> might say, um, then that the more of those you pepper in there, the slower it's going to be, because either your reader is going to have to look them up, or they're going to be <laughs> like, wow, this was... Oh, that's a heavy word. And so. Mm -hmm. um,
0: Which you can use intentionally if you want to make them slow down. Yes. Right? If there's something going on um, and you want to make your reader pause, then put in a tough word. Put in a tough word. Put
1: in. Well, and it can also be more expressive because of the connotations that are with it. But if you have too many of those, you're saying too much all at once and you might need to back it off. Um, Yeah. And again, that is all determined by personal preference, by genre, by audience, by.
0: By your plot, even. Exactly. Um, let's go up a tiny bit. Okay. Let's go up a little bit more micro, but not too, or a little bit more macro, but not too macro. Um, paragraphs. Yes. Paragraph breaks are really important for pacing. Um, I like to tell people that the most, the readers will remember most what's at the beginning or end of a paragraph um and so if something important happens that you want to make sure they pay attention to put it at the beginning or end of a paragraph and if it's super super important put it at the beginning and end of the paragraph no don't repeat your sentence but make the paragraph just that one sentence that um if one sentence paragraphs have a lot of punch and can really drive home a point <laughs> but like with the sentence length thing we, you don't want all of your paragraphs to be one uh sentence long or you will lose the effect of the punch. Yes.
1: That is actually a criticism that I get quite a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Is that... Too
0: many short paragraphs? I
1: I have too many, yeah, short standalone paragraphs. But it's also a really great technique for mystery writers if you want to tell the reader something but not have them notice it, put it in the middle Mm. of your paragraph. Mm -hmm. And even better, put it in the middle of the paragraph in the middle of a list. Um, (laughs) because your brain automatically starts falling into a rhythm and falling into other stuff. And so it will notice it less. Um, And so you can use paragraph placement to hide information, but you can also use paragraph placement for emphasis. Um, So like
0: on that, but like the opposite thing, since I'm I'm thinking about romance books now, too. But, like, say it's their first kiss. You don't want to bury that in the middle of a paragraph. That's, like, a huge development you want. And and the characters are going to have reactions to it. That's another very important part of pacing is
1: character reactions. Your characters Um, should react. That is so (laughs) important. I don't know if this counts as the paragraph level or a micro level, but I recently finished a book where the main character's best friend died and his only reaction was farewell. Oh, that ouch. that was it. That was
0: like I mean, I guess if we're learning that that character is a psychopath or something
1: that but... <laughs> no, no, it was it was literally just farewell. Like and then the and then the chapter ended and we had no like which yeah if the if the chapter had been longer i could see an argument for ending it there but it wasn't it was like one of those i don't know it was super short and super dissatisfying and just yeah the main character had no reaction basically to the best friend dying and i'm like mm. <laughs> i
0: reminds me of the the rudolph movie there's the line which is really just hilarious like it's still a good movie but it is hilarious to watch from a modern writing perspective there's a line where there where it says they were sad that their friends had died, but they decided it was time to go back to Christmas Town or something along those lines. And it's just like, <laughs> speaking of show don't tell, speaking, uh, um, our
1: previous episode, <laughs> our previous solo episode was on show don't yeah. tell, and yeah, yeah, that is a very telly thing to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, since we're talking about reactions too, I often not only do your characters need time to react. Luckily, these two things can happen at the same time, but also your readers need time to react. So, again, it's back to the principle of what will they remember, what will stand out to them. But if something important happens and you go right into the next important thing happening, they won't have time to really come to grips with what happened. They won't have time. The character won't have time to feel the feelings of a friend dying. But also the reader will be like, well, I guess that friend wasn't very important. So moving on. Yeah.
1: Um, or, Or there will be a lot of like, what? kind of reaction (laughs) if 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 you have one giant thing absolutely no break and another giant thing and then absolutely no break and another giant thing you're you're kicking readers out of the story like because Mm. then at that point it's just too many big things uh your character should be getting overwhelmed by all those big (laughs) things hitting all at once and if they're not getting overwhelmed your reader's probably going like wow uh uh-uh. uh, nope. Not believable. Yeah, yeah. One, unbelievable, and two, like, and two, your readers not having a chance to process everything. And I know I I can already hear some people in my life are like, well, what if they're used to going from emergency to emergency with absolutely no breaks? And it's like, yes, there are EMTs in the world. Those poor souls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I assume even they have to decompress at some point. Like, yes, yes and, and and they'll be trained up. So that that is a thing. Like. Depending on your genre, depending on your characters, you can have a lot of big things in a row. But at some point, people are going to need a break, or they're going to break, and and then you'll have to write about the breakdown. Yes. But.
1: And so, yeah, and so that's that's really that's really important to keep in mind is that you want to allow time in between. Um, so we have paragraph. What about chapter pacing? Mm.
0: And maybe, and this actually will really a little bit, another thing I wanted to say about paragraphs is arcs. Like we, we talk about plot arcs and character arcs, but like paragraphs and chapters should also have arcs. They're going to be smaller. They're going to be a lot more contained. Um, but that is an important principle of pacing as well. So like a paragraph is going to follow the same idea. Um, I was just talking with a client about this the other day, but she was, cause she was like do my paragraphs still have to all be at least three sentences? And I quashed that one already. No. but um, <laughs> They do not. No. <laughs> yeah, they do not. They can be long. They can be short. Just just be reason, like, feel feel it. No. The way to decide how long a paragraph should be is what is its arc? What is the, the focus of this paragraph? And then we extend that out to the chapter as well. So, like, if a chapter starts with a character thinking about how they are going into school today because they have this really terrible test or something, if that test isn't, like, the point of the whole book, then probably that test needs to come out by the end of the chapter.
1: Or at least we sense. need to have started the test by the end of the chapter. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like they don't have to finish the test, but if they're dreading the test the entire chapter, then we at least need to, like, sit down, pencils out, you know, timer starts now, kind of like, oh, <laughs> kind of dread.
0: Or if a monster appears and they don't have to go take the test, like, but there still needs to be some resolution to the idea of, I opened this chapter being worried about a test, something has to, something has to come back to that being worried about the test at the end of this chapter. Either I'm taking it now, either something interrupted and I can't take it, or, you know.
1: Monster appeared, thank God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is, I think we're writing a middle grade fantasy.
1: That's what, that's what we're doing right there. Yeah. With that tiny little microcosm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on
0: par- or chapters? Sorry, I kind it's of right. ran this back down to paragraphs. No, no <laughs>
1: worries. Uh, chapter pacing. Chapter pacing. Should we talk about cliffhangers with the chapter pacing? Mm, yes, um, and that's
0: that's getting we're getting bigger and bigger. It's good.
1: I, I I think we're still at the chapter level though. So, like at when it comes to pacing at the chapter level, you want to make sure again like there's a mini arc within the chapter and. When we say arc, we don't mean like the 15 beats, like. like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen people that are like, well, you should condense all the 15, like save the cat beats, and put those into each individual chapter. And you can do that, but it is a lot of work. But um, my personal philosophy, and people are welcome to either argue with me or comment on our socials (laughs) in the description, That wherever you start in a chapter, you should end either opposite or more. Mm. Yeah. So, like, as you go through the chapter, it like so say you start the chapter dreading a test, uh, you need to end the chapter either happy that something either happened to the test or that the test <laughs> is over, or you need to end the chapter dreading something even more. And so I guess for me, it's more about emotion, maybe not the test specifically, but it's more about the emotion that you're feeling at the beginning of the chapter and the end, there should be some kind of change over the course of the chapter. It either needs to be whatever emotion you started with, it either needs to be amplified or it needs to be taken down. And so, or if you're looking for tonal shifts, the tone needs to change, but either way, every single chapter, there should be some big changes happening.
0: frankly thinking just to all the levels we've talked about i think it does all come down to emotion really um pacing is about emotion and doling them out at the right time and um fanning the ones you want to be fanned and letting other ones die
1: down and pacing pacing is very much about a emotion reader experience but i guess even that comes to like the reader's emotions like you want to make sure they're rising high and they're falling low and then you're giving them a break because that's a lot (laughs) so um
0: oh you were gonna you said you want to talk about cliffhangers um i think i think cliffhangers i think chapter endings are the right place for cliffhangers i'm not a big fan of book ending cliffhangers Yes, certainly not if you're a first-time author and it's your
1: first book anyway. Unless you manage to get a deal for a duo. That would be like the only exception that I could think of. But anyway, (laughs) neither here nor there. But
0: even then, the thing is with the cliffhangers, you have to have convinced your reader that you can come through on it, and that's very hard to do if you've only published one book. Mm. But uh, anyway, chapter endings are good places for cliffhangers. However, please don't make every chapter ending a cliffhanger. No.
1: You can make every chapter ending a question, but not a cliffhanger. Yes, and those are two yeah, that's a good way to put very it. different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will have to save that for next time because, unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh,
0: we're just getting into we it. were just the pacing into getting... this episode. Pacing.
1: <laughs> uh, Here's
0: our cliffhanger. Oh my
1: goodness! <laughs> we just did everything we said that we weren't going to.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's a podcast, so yeah.
1: And we are ending on a question for our readers: What are mm. some books? that you think have great examples of pacing uh, for its genre, just for you, or what are some books that you think had awful examples of pacing? Let us know in our comments, in our comments or on our social media. Yeah. So, thank you. Sure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Writing Forge, a Writing Heights podcast brought to you by Nagano Press. To learn more about The Writing Forge, check out our social links in the episode description. Subscribe to The Writing Forge wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review. For more informational writing content, be sure to become a Writing Heights member.